The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. We are here post game after the Memphis Grizzlies lose to the Charlotte Hornets. They fall to six and five on the season, one eighteen to one oh eight. Isaac, what do you got to say about this one, man? Man, I really thought they were gonna go seven eight and four. Man, they they broke my heart, man. But but no, in, in all seriousness, man, if, if you told me you get thirty two seven and eight from John, nineteen and six from Jared, and twenty four and six for uh, Dylan Brooks in his return, I would have bet you everything I had the Grizz. Uh, win this game, but as they say, man, the three-pointer is the great equalizer, man. Grizz, minus 18 points on the three-point line, fueled by a big night from Kelly Obrey, uh, 37 points off the bench, and 7-9 from three. Uh, just a, a tough night for the Grizz, and I kind of figured uh, that this would be a tough game. I was kind of worried about this one. Uh, I figured you'd get a really great effort from the Hornets. They were coming into this game. This was the fifth game of a four-game road trip, and they were 0-4 on their trip, losing three of four of those games by double digits, got blown out. The only game that they were Competing in is the previous game against the Lakers where they lost 128-124 in overtime. So I figured you'd get a really good effort here, and I, I figured you kind of look at that their lineup with, with guys like Terry Rozier, um, LaMelo Ball, obviously, um, Gordon Hayward, and guys like that, my bridges, that the Grizzlies, with the way that they had played defense outside of a couple stretches, they ended that Timberwolves game and kind of go back to that Golden State game uh, later in that one. They really struggled defensively, and I knew this lineup with the Hornets would put a lot of pressure on them, and I figured they'd get a really good effort, and that, that's what you got, man, and a, a tough loss for the Grizzlies tonight. Yeah, it, it's – you talked about the, the three-point shooting. Kelly Oubre is not – you know, I, Dylan said in the post game, you know, about Oubre not really being a three-point shooter. He's a career 32% three-point shooter, so he's really not. He's not a, a great three-point shooter. He's a hot and cold guy. He's a yeah, like, feast or famine. You either get – what you got tonight, or you get nothing because their bench has been bad. Like, I, I think they only yeah. got like, I can't even remember, maybe 20 points off the bench in an overtime game against the Lakers. Like, they haven't gotten anything off the bench. And I mean, he really, really fueled them tonight as a problem. But again, with him, yeah. I mean, he uh, obviously picked the, he usually has like one good game a week, and he picked the Grizzlies game to, to have his big game for the weekend. And that's the kind, kind of what for the yeah. loss. Yeah. Revenge yeah. For the Ridge game, yeah. Yeah, man. man. Oh, y'all don't want to give up Dylan Brooks for me? Here, here you go. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna put 37 on you. The funny Marshall and Dylan Brooks trade, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's crazy, man. Yeah, you <laughs> know, crazy I, times back in the day. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. That that was when I saw that Ubre was coming. Like I saw that trade, I'm like, oh yeah, let's. Like I was happy because I, yeah, I like so Ubre. And then like, hey, man, now looking back, the the fact yeah. that you know I'm I'm glad that they didn't do it because the Grizzlies would not be as successful as what they've been in this rebuild so far no, with Oubre as opposed to uh, to Dylan Brooks because he does not have the defensive chops for sure. Yeah, at, so. that, at that time, it looked like it would be a, a fantastic trade. I was excited about it. A lot of people weren't, but I was like, man, you get score, a guy like it can score and put the ball in the basket like Oubre, man, that, let's go. But, yeah, man, in, in hindsight, I'm definitely, definitely glad. It's kind of the same thing with, with falling to the number two pick and getting Josh instead of number one. Uh, kind of that same thing, man. In hindsight, I, I'm glad it, that worked out that way. Yeah, you, you got to get lucky in some places, that's for sure. So, rough night for Desmond Bain, one for ten from the field, zero for seven from three. You know, you talked about the three, the 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 gap in threes. You know, the the Hornets made fifteen, the Grizzlies made nine. Desmond Bain has hey, he's just in a rough stretch right here, man. He started off on a torrid pace, just 
ripping it, like, you know, killing it early. It's like he was never missing. And then, you know, these last couple games, he's really, really struggling. So, you know, I, I don't really know what's going on with him. He got in some foul trouble tonight. Uh, he only, only played about 21 minutes. So you know that that's going to be better. Like everybody trusts that that's going to be better. I'm actually encouraged by the fact that he shot seven threes in this game. You yeah. know, he missed them. That, you know, that's awful. You know, one for 10 from the field is not good in any way, shape, or form. But I was worried about his number of, ten, of attempts with Dylan coming back. And Dylan came in, he had 17 attempts. You know, Dylan's going to put up shots. But I thought that we would see um, Desmond Bain really drop in his, his shot attempts. And, and we didn't. They, they did a little bit, but some of that was because of the foul trouble. So not really concerned about that. I think that the story of this game has been the story for the Grizzlies the majority of the, the year so far, and it's just defense. They they There were a number of occasions where they were playing pretty good. They were staying in position. They were keeping yeah. you know, the guards in front of them. And then the last five seconds of the shot clock, it would break down. And there was one play late in particular where uh, LaMelo Ball, he had it, and great defense. They, they had him – essentially shut down with like two seconds left on the shot clock and there was just a collapse and he got a floater from eight feet and made it and you, you just can't do that you you cannot fold like that they, they can't continue to play defense the way that they're playing and expect to make it to the playoffs because it's not going to happen and you are we've talked about it we know that dylan is going to be some improvement on that but one player is not going to fix it. And let's be honest. Let's be honest about this. One of the glaring holes in this Memphis Grizzlies defense is Ja Morant. So much so, I've got numbers here from cleaning the glass. The defensive rating for the Memphis Grizzlies with Ja Morant on the floor is 117.2. Any lineup from the Grizzlies that is on the floor without Ja Morant in it the defensive rating improves. It improves by nine points with John ja Moran off of the floor. The offensive rating with John ja Moran on the floor is 111.6. The offensive rating without John ja Morant is 107. So what does that tell you? What, what does that mean? It means that as good as John ja Morant has been offensively, he is not being good enough offensively to make up for how bad he is on defense. And I know that you guys don't want to hear that. I know, like, I'm probably going to get some tweets about this, and I don't care. Like, we, we've got to be honest. We, you can, there's nobody on this team that's above criticism. And as good as Jai's been, he's playing at an incredible level right now, better than we've ever seen him play on the offensive end of the floor. But this is a two-way game. And you cannot be that bad on defense. It's, your team is not going to win. Your team is not going to get to the level that you want to get to if you are that bad on defense. Yeah, and they play their best defense when they have that, that mix of bench lineups. And when you have Tyus and, and maybe De'Anthony Melton, that's kind of where – and Jared at the five, that's kind of where they play their best defense. But that, that's a tough – Peel to swallow because I mean we know how much job means to this team and you have to have him on the floor. But man, that I mean that that I mean again, like you said, I mean it's it's great that that lets you know just how bad his defense has been 
Because, I mean, you, this guy's averaging like 30 points a game right now. And for the way that he's played offensively, if he can't make up that number, for, uh, that that number, that lets you know that, I mean, he's just matador uh, on defense. And you just, you just they're going to have to be better than that. I mean, again, like you said, I mean, they're six and five right now, but you're going to continue to lose games. And I've said this time and time again, when anytime their offense fails them, teams just run run off on them. Like you saw it tonight several times. They get up five, six, seven, eight points. Defense kind of wanes. Next thing you know, they're down 12, 13. And that's what happens because they can't offensively as a team. I think that is even more of a, a microcosm of, of the overall team picture. When they don't put can't score, they can't maintain games because their defense is just so bad right now. They can't stop other teams from scoring. They just run off on them when you when they're not putting the ball in the basket. And it's something that has to be fixed. And it, it's weird because this team, I think, was seventh in, in defensive efficiency last year. And to see them being this bad, I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is. Again, Dylan Brooks being back, and once he gets acclimated, will help. But Taylor Jenkins has said it himself, and Dylan has said it, that he, this, this is not a one-man fix. This is a team thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with it right now. I, I do think – that they do need to make a change when you're not going up against big centers like Jokic or Embiid or anything like that, like we said in the past. I think they do need to start Jaron at the five and bring Stephen Adams off the bench because when they play their best defense, that's the lineup that we see with Jaron at the five. I think that's when they're at their best defensively. But overall, as a team, this is not a one-man fix. This is a team problem, and it, it has to get fixed or they're going to continue to take losses like this. When they don't come out and have these big offensive nights like we – uh, what we've seen, like, again, what they scored 108 tonight, I mean, that's not going to cut it. That sounds like a lot of points, but in the modern NBA, the way that the team is scoring now, that's not a good number at all. you got to put more points up, especially when you're not playing good defense. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, you got a tough Suns team coming in here on Friday and kind of similar to tonight. I mean, the, the guards, the guys that can really put pressure on you, talk about Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I mean, it can get ugly uh, when, when, when you can't stop dribble penetration and and, and can't stop going, guys going to the bank. I mean, you're going to take a lot of losses like that. And with the way, if this team continues to play defense like this all year, I said 45 wins begin the season. They're not getting anywhere near that. Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely struggle to get there. The best non-Ja Morant lineup for point differential, and this is I'm, I'm I'm filtering this a little bit because like there's one that's been on the floor for like two possessions. And their differential is plus two, plus two fifty. But yeah, so I'm, like I'm not gonna go with that. But but the the lineup that it, that's been on the floor out of the lineups that have been on the floor thirty plus times together, the best five man lineup without John Morant defensively is Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr. So you know it, it's it's tough. It's tough to sit here and and be like, Ja is not good enough defensively. You can't take him off the floor, so I mean, yeah, like everybody knows that. <laughs> everybody knows that the Jai is not good enough defensively, but he, like th- there's levels to it, right? Like, like Isaac said, we know just because he's bad on the defensive end, the the killer instinct, the the attack, the his playmaking abilities, everything, all the positives that he does, everything that he brings to the game, it's not something he's your best player period. He's the best player on the team, hands down. It's not really all that close right now. But you're almost better off late in the games taking, you know, like playing somebody else defensively. 
I was joking about it. Uh, you know, the uh, the Hawks were in a close game late, and they pulled Trey off of the floor on the defensive end, and it was a it was a foul shoot free throws type thing. So they pulled Trey for a defensive replacement, and I I tweeted out like just kind of poking fun of one of my buddies that's a Hawks fan of like, oh, your franchise point guard has to be pulled off the floor for a defensive replacement at the end of the game. Can't hey, man, play. Play, and, playing and houses, I, man. Yeah, and, you know, like I, I I posted the picture of Ja Morant blocking Kyrie Irving at the end of the game. But, you know, it, it's – you, you just – there. he knows, like Ja Morant, he said in the postgame presser that he wanted to be better on the defensive end. He wanted to be – better off ball defender, want to be more disruptive. He knows that he's not a point of attack defender and he's your best player, best offensive player. The best offensive player on the team is not going to be your best point of attack defender. I don't know if that's ever happened with the exception of maybe Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. That was yeah, just the like, name that came the only name yeah. that comes to mind really. And, and that that that's probably and I don't even know I'm I may even step back from that because I I'm not going to say with certainty that Jordan was a better point of attack defender than Pippen. Pippen, yeah, I was gonna say Pippen might might have been if he yeah. if you gave me both of those, I would like I might lean Pippen in, in, in there. You, you might be might be right, but I mean they were both really good defensive players. But yeah, I mean that if if you're gonna say that the star player, like your best player on the team, he's the name that comes to mind. But you haven't really seen that, uh, so I mean that's not not something that's abnormal. Yeah, so just. Stuff they need to work on, man. You know, and, and that's it, it's Taylor Jenkins said before the game, it's early in the season. We haven't found our stride, so I can try things. And I see him getting some flack on, you know, like I, I see people talking and people getting upset because of the lineups. Yeah, I mean, there's some weird, why, weird stuff going on. Like, yeah, like why did he not play tonight? Why is John Contrar still in the game? Don't like Contrar. Yeah, I don't, and, and I hate to. Bag on, on Jitty feels like I come on here every time. I'm not a Jitty hater. I respect him for what he does, man. But I, I don't understand, man. I don't I don't get why Jitty is still playing minutes. They, they said that Zaire Williams was healthy at a go tonight. Maybe he was still banged up a little bit and they didn't want to risk it. I don't know. But with Dylan Books coming back, I mean, you just wouldn't think that the country would still be getting that many minutes, man. He's still a significant part of the, the rotation, and I, I don't get it. It just seems like – with, with this, this coaching staff, there's always a guy. It was Grayson Allen at times, even though Grayson is great, having a great year at Milwaukee, uh, playing play really well out there. But there were times in, with the Grizzlies where the kind of the choir said he shouldn't be on the floor and he continued to play him uh, over D. Anthony Melton. And just just weird, man. I, I don't get that one. But, I mean, again, he, I guess he coached Jenkins and his staff has their reasons. Jenny comes out and plays hard. I'm, I'm not knocking him, saying that he's coming out. He plays to the best of his abilities, but I just don't think – he's one of the top 10 players on this team, even without Dylan. And now as you got Dylan Brooks back and you want to play Zyre Williams, I, I just don't understand why he's getting minutes right now. That That is like, you're being too soft about it, man. I'm trying not to go know, all the way like, in all, man. <laughs> he, so th this is the thing we, if anybody has a Memphis Grizzly Jersey on, and you can this. I go back to Grayson Allen because my dislike for him prior to him being a Grizzly, prior to him being in Memphis, it was very, very high. I, I did not like him. He was one of my least favorite players in the league, and he won me over here. But once he put that Grizzlies jersey on, I don't care what the name says on the back. If they got that Grizzly jersey on, I'm rooting for him. 
That, that, that's how it is. But John Conchar is not a rotation player. He is not an NBA no, rotation player. Not, not on, not on, a, not on, a, on a, even a decent team, he's not yeah, a good like rotation if, player. If, maybe if you're talking about the Thunder Conchar, or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah but like, not, yeah. not a playoff team. Okay, see Houston Rockets, some of these, like yeah. the, the bottom feeder teams, because he's going to go out there and he's going to play hard. He's going to win his minutes generally because of the effort that he puts in. So I understand them rewarding him for him playing hard and the things that he does. Like I get all of that, but it's not the time. It's not no. like he, he is not a part of the future of this franchise. He's not going to develop into some all-star player like John Conchar is what he is. He is what he is. Yeah, and, I mean, and that that is a better good or worse, basketball that's what he is. player. Yeah, but he's an end of the bench guy. He's a a garbage time guy. He's a guy where you know you don't have any energy out there one night. You need somebody to spark the team, so you put him in for three or four minutes, and he goes out there and he goes ass wild. That's the kind of player that he is. He is not a 18 minute a night rotation guy. This is nonsense. It, there's there's no reason for it. And I'm new to the media thing, so I'm not brave enough to just be like, "Why in the hell is John Conchar getting minutes?" Like I, yeah. I think that there's I, guys I, in the Memphis media that have the chops and that are not scared to say that. Nobody has said that yet, but I, I've not been around long enough. For, to to do that honestly like i number one you know coach jenkins doesn't have a stinking clue who i am but you know i, I don't want him to be like who is that dude that asked me that question don't ever yeah. let him back in here yeah. so I, i'm not gonna ask it but i wish somebody would because he does not he he should not in any way shape or form be in this 10-man rotation no he shouldn't you know, Brandon Clark got 12 minutes tonight. I was glad to see him out there. I'm glad that he, you know, he got another run. Didn't have I a mean, good you got a guy like Tillman not playing at all. And you got yeah. Conchar hitting. That, just, I, saying, I don't know, man. man. I don't know yeah. what it is, man. But they, he loves Jenkins loves John Conchar. He's going to play for better or worse, man. He's going to get his 10-plus minutes a night. And I don't, I don't get it, man. But there's no way that this guy is a top 10 player on this team. He just shouldn't be in the game. I understand, like, he plays hard. Like you said, he comes in, does his job to the best of his abilities, but he should not be on the floor for this team right now. This is a playoff team. This is a serious basketball team that's trying to go out there and win games, man. John Carchar is not a rotation-level player on on a, on a playoff-level team in the NBA. He's just not. Like, on this team, he could – honestly, and I, I hate to say this again, I hate to jump on him or anything, but he could be in South Haven on, on this team. I mean, that's yeah. – where, where they are right now. I just there don't, are three I don't know. guys that got DNP coaches' decisions that should be on the floor before him. And maybe four. You, you could probably argue four. Like Jarrett Culver, Sam Merrill, Xavier Tillman, Zaire Williams. I, I think, I mean, yeah. like Culver and Merrill, you know, maybe maybe it's a coin toss between them and Jitty, but Tillman and Williams should not be on the bench. What, while what, 100%. No. And no. that is – Zaire Williams, most of all, and you know Tillman proved that he is a rotation player last year and this year. He's proven that he can be out there and be a rotation guy. The fact that they still have to consolidate, they've got yeah, they, to they got they got to have to make a decision of, there of with some of this talent with that. Whether yeah. it's you know packaging, you know Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson, or Kyle Anderson and Stephen Adams, or Stephen Adams. Yeah, they got a lot. Of, they got options. Like, they got draft picks. 
Uh, they're they're going to make a move. They're going to make some moves. I don't think there's yeah. any question. I think they got to consolidate that BC Tillman thing. That has to be figured out. I mean, you can't. Yeah. They're not going to be able to keep both of those guys. Tillman is too good not to be playing. And I think Brandon Clark, when he's not getting minutes, is too good not to be playing. So Absolutely they got to figure that out sooner rather than later. And, you know, before we had talked about BC being kind of an untouchable, you know, prior to last year, we talked about that. That's obviously not the case now. So he, he's one that would be at the bottom of the list of guys that I would want to see go. But you got to do something. You cannot yeah. keep playing John Conchar in this rotation, man. It, it, it makes zero sense. You can be nice about it. I'm not going to be nice about it, man. I'm like, <laughs> it's, I, I, I don't get it at all. And you're never going to get like a true, this is why it's happening. Like, it's going to be very coach speak. I, I don't yeah, know. He's gonna say, oh, gonna well, get anybody. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be like, he plays hard. He goes out, does his job. We trust him. That, that, that's what you're going to get if anybody asks him. They're not going to get a, you're not going to get a true answer because there's no true, there's no, Nothing that he can say that makes any sense. So yeah. whatever he says is going to be coach speak or BS. It's not going to be a a real legitimate answer. So I don't know. I don't know what it is with him. I, I think they just like him as a coach and staff. He, he, they, he works hard and they reward him, and he just shouldn't be happening right now. Yep. R- rough night for the bench. The bench was, you know, I mean, Dylan Brooks had, had you know, he put up 20. Kyle Anderson, uh, you know, that's a Kyle Anderson stat line, man. 12.7 rebounds. Two assists, two steals. That, that's what Kyle Anderson does. Five for eleven from the field. He didn't make any threes. Nobody outside of Jaron and Dylan Brooks made threes tonight. So that that just it, it is what it is. But you know, the the bench were a combined, what's that, 30, 50, 60, about negative 80 for the plus yeah. minus from the bench. And then the starters almost made up for that, but they were they were unable to. So, you know, it, it just Defense has to get better, and this is stuff like they know that the team knows this. They talk about it. The media is asking those tough questions, you know. And I'll give it to Evan Barnes and Parker, and you know some of those guys. Uh, I think I heard Terry in there asking a question about it as well. Like these guys are asking them the questions. They know, they know that the defense is the issue. What are they going to do to fix it? I, th- there's no way that this team goes from a top seven defense to being this bad. No, the, I mean, the personnel. Change. Yeah, the personnel is there. I mean, they haven't changed enough personnel to go from from seven to, to where they are now, uh, and that's why I believe this is correctable. Uh, and, and like you said, and Taylor Jenkins talked about tonight, man. They know what they're doing wrong. They why they watch it on film, man. They just gotta go out and do it and go out and execute. And so far, they just haven't done that. But I do believe that they'll get it together. And I think Dylan being back is going to be kind of the start to doing it. And I want to talk a little bit about Dylan. I said on the last episode that I felt like there would be a, a decent size adjustment period, but I'm extremely encouraged, man. I definitely wouldn't have thought he would have come out and scored 20 points tonight, uh, 20 points tonight, four of seven from three, um, eight, eight or 17 from the field. So efficient. And even defensively, I thought he did a, did a pretty good job. Grabbed four rebounds, six assists, uh, which is a big number for him, two steals. I mean, he looked like he had been playing. I mean, they asked him, he was asked in a post-game press conference tonight, was he back? And he said, no, like, he's nowhere near back. But to come back and put out those kind of numbers, I think that's really encouraging because I think, I mean, you had pretty much the Dylan Brooks that we're used to seeing uh, of tonight. I mean, that's a big stat line off the bench. One funny moment, uh, we were talking, laughing about this before we came on. Uh, Dylan was asked about 
coming off the bench tonight. And he said that he that that it's like basically said it was nothing because he remember coming off the bench behind uh, Garrett Temple <laughs> and, and Shelvin Mack back in the day. And it was kind of the way he said it. You have to see the look on his face. It'll be it'll be out tomorrow. It'll be up on YouTube. You'll see the but but he definitely meant that in kind of a, a disrespectful way. There's no doubt about oh, that, man. Yeah. It was it was it was hilarious, man. I like. But muted by thing, I was like laugh, laughing, man. If I if I had been there, I would have laughed out loud if I was actually in the press room, but I was on the Zoom, wasn't at the game. But yeah, man, that was a hilarious moment for sure. Yeah, I um I I could not hold it together here, man. That that's I was I was glad that I was behind the comfort of, of Zoom and a muted microphone <laughs> because I, I got a good belly laugh out of that one, man. Because it was it was very, very clear that there was a level of disrespect in yeah, for sure. Garrett Temple and Shelvin Mack. Like it's it, just it, hilarious because like who thought going to that press conference we get a Garrett Temple Sheridan Mack, Mack reference going to that. <laughs> but like unprovoked man man just brought it up. That lets you know man he hasn't forgot about that 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 era at all. Man he that's still still currently on on his mind. There's no doubt about that. I just thought that was hilarious man. That DB is is a trip man. You're always gonna give you give you some good quotes and I thought that was a funny one tonight. Yeah, de- definitely, man. That was one I, I just, like I said, got a uh, got a good belly laugh out of it. Glad to see him back. Glad to see, you know, obviously, you know, he said I may come out next game and, and only put up five, but it's about, you know, coming out here, getting into shape, communicating with my teammates, getting people into places where they need to be to be making the right plays and get myself back to where I was at the end of last year. So saying all the right stuff, obviously disappointed because of the loss. Again, the final score of the game, 118 to 108. Grizzlies fall to six and five. That puts them, I think, tied for seventh with the Lakers, or maybe I guess technically because of the loss, they're behind the Lakers and eighth in the West. But it's early in the season. I, I think that we're gonna see improvement as the season goes along. I know, like I there's nothing in me that makes me believe that this defense is going to remain this bad the rest of the year, that there's just no way. Oh. So, I don't know, man. I'm, we, we've been talking about it. I feel like we talk about that every game, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but it just is what it is. And you know what? Forget all this mess. It wasn't the defense. It wasn't the fact that they shot 24% from three. It was Tony freaking brothers. <laughs> it was Tony brothers. Damn it. Yeah, man, uh, minus nine on the, on the free throw line. So that's and Tony Brothers' game. Grizzlies with a free throw discrepancy, man. Who who figured that going into the night? Yeah, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> we they didn't shoot the ball well from the free throw line. That's the true Stephen Adams showed up tonight, one for five from the free yeah, throw line. Yeah, missed, missed three in a row. The road, he missed three in a row there. Kind of yeah. went down. Looked like he might have twisted his ankle. I was like, I bet he gets up and misses both of these free throws. I had a feeling, and then he missed both of those and came back and missed another one on the end one after that. So he, I mean, he was like. Top, I think five in the league coming to the game, and Brevin and Pete Predica said it. I was like, "Up, oh, they're jinxing them, and there, there it goes, miss three. So you knew he was going to regress to the mean, man. He's not going to be a ninety percent free throw shooter. Think no, we, he we was, he was seventeen for eighteen heading into the night's game. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, while that's nice. I knew that that wasn't going to hold up. The uh, I'm sure that the uh, hatred inside of Amy is stirring right now because <laughs> you know he missed four free throws. She yeah. didn't like him very much anyway because of the Zebo incident. Now he's missing free throws. Gives her the reason. Man, I, I don't really have much else to say about this game, honestly. Just, you know, we're back in, in Memphis. The Grizzlies don't go anywhere. They play again Friday against the Suns, and that's going to be another tough matchup. Talk about perimeter defense and, you know, being able to stop dribble penetration. And you've got, you know, Chris Paul is, is you know, probably one of the, the best in the league 
at, uh, you know, get, getting, you know, he can just manipulate the defense, get to where he wants yeah. to go. And then, then Devin Booker can definitely get downhill. So you don't have as many guys. I feel like the Hornets had more guys that can do it with Bridges and Hayward and Rozier and Ball, uh, Kelly Oubre, um, you know, just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to think about, you know, like the Phoenix made the finals. They've had some troubles. There's some stuff going on with their owner and still figuring all that crap out, but it's not going to be any easier, I don't think, on Friday night for them. No, the Suns struggle struggle a little bit early, but they they've got definitely got on the right track. Um, so I mean that's going to be a extremely tough matchup. But I, I look at these these last two games, man, and it's a tough matchup. And I, I know a lot of people are not going to expect them to win on Friday. But if, if you lose, man, you're looking at a one and two home home stand, and that's not what you want, man. That's a game that they really really need to find a way to win. And then you, you go to back-to-back the next night in New Orleans, which New Orleans just took another loss tonight, 108-100 to the Thunder at home. That, that, that has to end this week, man. They can't lose to this. This team is probably going to be 1-12 when they go in there because they got the Nets on Friday night. They'll be on the back-to-back as well. You, you got to beat that team, man. You can't go in there and lose to a 1-12 and team, especially when you've kind of taken some losses on the home floor um, and, and some games that you feel like you probably – Probably should have won. Uh, they they got to win that game. I, I think, man, I, I really think they need to find a way to go two and zero in those two games. I know beating Phoenix is a tall task, but I, I got a feeling they figure it out. Uh, I think they finished the home stand two and one, and I think they get the monkey out the back and go down to New Orleans and get a win on on Saturday, man. And that'll, that'll be what if that put them at six, seven, eight, and five. I think that's that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, he kind of weathered the storm without DB. He's back now. Had a really good night tonight. Hopefully, he can build on that, but. The defense has to get better, and that's kind of the theme of, of the season right now. And because the offense has been pretty good, uh, the defense has just been their shortcoming in these games. They lose, they just can't get enough stops, and, and that's what we saw tonight. And hopefully they can find a way to, to get in the film room, put it together, and get a big win on the home floor on Friday against Phoenix. That should be a fun game. Yeah, if you don't beat the the Pelicans now, I don't know that you're going to beat them, man. No, that man, they, they got to they gotta beat them this year. Uh, yeah. Sure, I, I think I'm, I think I'm probably going to make the trip down to – New Orleans for that second game in, in March. Uh, I think we're going to try to make that trip. But, yeah, man, I, it, it's time to, to get the monkey out the back, man, because, again, I think they're probably going to be 1-12 on Saturday because I, I don't see them beating the Nets on Friday night. So, who knows, though? The NBA is crazy. You never know what, what happens. But it, it's time to, to exercise that demon, man, for sure. Yep, for sure. Before we get out of here, we want to thank our partner over here at HootBall, MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag, best online sportsbook out there. More lines and better odds than any other sportsbook. Go over and sign up using promo code HOOPBALL. Get your initial deposit match 50% up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, you can bet with them. Bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Prop bets, man, anything that you want to bet, MyBookie.ag has it. And I love them for their odds boost. And, you know, I generally... Man, overall, I don't bet a whole lot on sports. But when I do, like, I go to mybookie.ag. The Oz Boost helped me win a few hundred dollars last year just on essentially guaranteed wins, pretty much. Like, I don't know that they had a single Odd Boost that didn't hit last year. Um, I had to go back and check that for sure. But I know everyone that I bet on hit. So there you go, mybookie.ag. Again, more lines, better odds for the players than any other sports book out there. We appreciate them. Go over, sign up, use our promo code HOOPBALL. Get that initial deposit match, win some money. Isaac, 
got anything else, man? Nothing. I think you pretty much just covered it. I'm I'm running circles here, man. The, this game, the the Shelvin Mac, man. That I, I'm still messed up because of that. I, I can't I can't function, man. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was definitely that was hilarious, man. Uh, like, I, like I, I, I wasn't expecting. I was sitting there, we were going going through the motion, and answering the question. And he like brought that one out, man. That, that that was the quote of the press conference, man. It's just funny again, like unprovoked to just bring up those two guys. And he even, especially Shelvin Matt, we ain't even thought about him in years, man. So again, man, he's definitely definitely is hell on to that, man. He hadn't forgot about about that moment. I, I'm sure that's an unhappy time for him. He wasn't very happy uh, coming out the bench behind those guys, and I think. His comments tonight show you that that he still remembers that. Cue the Jordan meme of I took that personal. <laughs> For sure. 100 <laughs> percent man. <laughs> All right, guys. You can get the show on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here. Yeah, man. Make sure you go over to at Hootball Grizz. Give us a follow. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. I am. AAC underscore rivals again. Grizzly take on his songs on Friday night at Fed Form. We'll be back after the game. Until then, thanks for tuning in. We go. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.